0: This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. I know y'all hear me rave periodically about the incredible Secret Stuff membership community. And this week, I wanted to give you a little taste of what our twice monthly Zoom meetings are really like. That's right. When you're a part of Secret Stuff, you get two Zoom meetings a month with me, where we either have a book club type of conversation or we have what we call symposium, which is a group conversation about something culturally relevant. This month's symposium meeting was about the icon and legend Britney Spears in light of her memoir that came out this fall. And also just as a broader topic of celebrity and public scrutiny and all of those things that naturally come up, when you're talking about Britney Spears and how her life and story has become part of our cultural lexicon. This episode is an edited version of this Secret Stuff Symposium meeting. All Secret Stuffers get the audio replay of the meeting if they can't make it live. They can always listen back to it like a podcast. And I wanted to show you 10 things to tell you listeners what these meetings feel like, especially the smart, thoughtful takes from the incredible Secret Stuff community. If you want to get in on these meetings, I would love for you to join Secret Stuff. You can try it out for free for seven days to hear more of the content that is shared there. Besides the Zoom meetings, I also share personal episodes that are a lot more unfiltered and unpolished, shall we say. I also do regular reading roundups of everything that I've read, good and bad. And this fall, we even had our first big community meetup called Secret Summit. It was a great weekend here in Los Angeles. Secret Stuff is $7 a month, or if you sign up in December or January, you can grab an annual membership. It's only available in December and January. That means just one charge instead of the monthly charges, along with some other annual membership perks. To join or just to learn more, go to lauratremaine.com slash secret stuff. That's Tremaine.com slash secret stuff. And now, to our Secret Stuff Symposium conversation on pop culture icon, Britney Spears. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Symposium that is also, like, cross-pollinating as a book club. (laughs) And I see her. She's front and center in my screen. Hannah is the one that called this topic hannah wave at us please i'm gonna have you say a few words about why you want to talk about this in a second so hold tight i'm so glad everyone is here for this because i feel like i haven't seen you in a while and i'm excited to talk about this major pop culture phenomenon and her story tonight for symposium we have a few things that we start the way that we always do You guys are already doing it where you're greeting one another in the chat and telling us where you are from, where you are sitting tonight, joining us. If this is your very first time at symposium or book club, because we've gotten a Big a bunch of new people lately, which is wonderful. But if this is your very first time, will you go like this so I can see any newbies? Oh, Karen, Claire. Who else? Let me scroll through and make sure. Keep
1: waving if you're new. Although everybody else seems like people I recognize.
0: Oh my God. I'm so excited. Okay. Welcome, Karen and Claire. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining us. Okay. Let's see where we are chiming in from tonight someone said I actually read this book wait before I even talk well no I'll, let me let's talk about where we're from first and then I'll see how many of you actually read the book or or just came for the discussion so here we are we are chiming in tonight from San Antonio Maine Kansas, Clinton Oklahoma, Los Angeles Richmond Virginia, Oregon Park City Utah Central Pennsylvania, Dallas more Richmond Virginia. Alberta, we haven't, Claire, you're another Canadian, I didn't know, I'm so glad that you're here, Simi Valley, California, more Alberta, Iowa, Wilmington, Delaware, our resident Canadian, Tammy, hello, hello, Sierra Foothills, Kansas City, Missouri, Washington, D.C., Gainesville, Florida, Memphis, Tennessee, I love it, I love it, more Oregon, more Kansas City. It is so exciting that we are, as usual, from across the time zones of North America. I am in Los Angeles. Colleen, where are you tonight?
1: I am just outside of Chicago,
0: suburbs. Okay, so a little bit confusing about this meeting. It's not confusing in my mind, but logistically, this is symposium and not book club. And yet, we're going to talk about the book that is tied to this topic, Britney Spears. But if you're new around here or didn't really know the difference between these two meetings, every single month we have two Zoom meetings just like this one. Book club is just what it sounds like. It's a book club. We read a book every month and then we discuss it. It's super fun. We try to read things that are you know, not what everyone else is reaching for that will make for a really good discussion. I love book club. And then at the beginning of the month, every month we have symposium. Symposium is a meeting. That's what that word means. Of all of us where we come together and we talk about all kinds of topics. So we try to pick a topic that's really relevant to us that we either need to like get off our chest. We really need to hear how other people are feeling about something it's also sometimes like a good resource like we talk about like how are you handling this give me your tips and hacks sometimes it's just a culturally relevant topic that i just hope people will have fun discussing sometimes it's silly sometimes it's deep and thoughtful symposium is like my favorite meeting of the month i love book club because of course i love to talk about books and we have really fantastic book club meetings But symposium is just a lot broader. It's just that we just follow wherever the conversation takes us. I sort of love hearing, you know, where you guys are landing on these various topics. And so it's just a really great, fun space to talk through. Like I said, sometimes sensitive stuff, sometimes just fun stuff, just a chance to see one another's faces. So the weird thing about this meeting is that it is actually a symposium meeting. We have a book club where we will meet for the book later in the month. But it's a symposium meeting talking about a very culturally relevant topic. The queen of pop culture, like such an icon, Britney Spears. And we're not randomly talking about Britney Spears. Even though we've talked about other figures, you know, in in this past year, symposium topics, we've talked about Prince Harry and the Royals. We've talked about Barbie and all of that this summer. Britney Spears has a new book out, The Woman in Me. And so we are going to talk about a lot of what she shares in the book as her story. But I also want us, as we're talking about this, I don't want this to, to be 100% feeling like book club. I want us to also talk about Britney Spears as, as an icon, as like a conversation starter, how she has affected culture and us personally. And you know, it's she's a, a person that you could not get away from in pop culture, even if you wanted to. And then obviously the free Britney movement was a huge piece of the last few years that, well, yes, was about Britney herself and her situation. I'll open the door to conversations about a lot of different things, conservatorships, celebrity, like what being in the public eye, like celebrity meltdowns, if you will, a lot of different sort of conversations that sort of come out of that. So we are going to be referencing the book a lot, I think because probably is fresh on a lot of our minds, but if you, didn't read the book or you just have something to say that's off topic of the book. Great. As long as it's, you know, in this Britney Spears universe that we're discussing. Is anyone here who did not read The Woman in Me and they're just here to talk about Brit Brit?
1: Yeah, we got a couple.
0: Okay, we got a couple. Okay, great. I'm glad you're here. I didn't want it to feel like an assignment, but I'm also glad that most of us read it too because we're kind of been coming from the same frame of reference. So since... Almost all of us did read the book before this meeting. Can we use our fingers to hold up how we rated the book? Now, listen, this is not, this is not like book club where we're like judging the literary merits, but I also do think it kind of matters a little bit because I feel differently about Brittany this week than I did last. And, you know, it was because I read the book. So does anyone want to give their, their finger numbers? That sounded awkward, of how that they felt about the book, "The Woman in Me." Okay, mine is a three. I see some twos. I see a lot of other threes. I see a three and a half, which I appreciate that. A lot of threes, but but actually a lot of fours. Do we see and some twos? A handful of twos. Do we see any fives? Did anybody give us a five? Okay, no, nobody yeah. in the
1: chat is saying five either.
0: Okay, so as we talk about it, again, sort of talking about the the actual storytelling and writing and, and the way this, the side of her story was presented to us, we can kind of get into why maybe none of us are giving it a raving five stars. But I do want to start with sort of Brittany in general and kind of just like what I said about how I feel about her differently than this week than last so I'll go first as is my way. <laughs> I loved Britney when I was young, just as a performer. I love a strong performer. I loved, and I wasn't like a fangirl in the way that I'm a Taylor Swift fangirl now. So it wasn't like that, like where I was all in, but I definitely admired her. I definitely danced to her music. I definitely thought she was beautiful and sexy and fun. You know, she was a part of pop culture that I definitely liked and, and participated in enjoying her performances and music. I wasn't like super enamored with her relationship with Justin Timberlake like you know, I don't have anything to compare it to at the time. I was telling my husband Jeff that like big because he listened to part of this with me because we listened to this while we were driving to a volleyball tournament. Mm-hmm. But he's older than me. He's 13 years older than me. So he fully missed, he knew Britney Spears music, but he fully missed like the Justin Timberlake of it all, like that whole era. And I was explaining to him because this, that part in those early, you know, late nineties, early two thousands years was my college years. And I was explaining to him that for me at the time, they were the iconic sort of pop culture couple, but the other big pop culture couple at that time was Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) And they were older. And they were older than me. Look, those people older than me. Brittany's obviously younger than me. And I was sort of in the middle. And I I was leaning more towards a, a Brad Pitt kind of life than a Justin Timberlake kind of life. But I still remember from that time period, like, the, you know, clearly very, very iconic. And, you know, but I didn't have, like, a huge, like, a super connection to her or anything. When things really started to go off the rails very publicly. Now we know from the book that they were going off the rails privately before before we knew it as a public. I thought I was already living in Los Angeles. I already knew, you know, had seen some celebrity culture stuff and how, you know, was observant of how insanely hard it would be to live with that level of paparazzi I remember watching the documentary with her and Kevin Federline that came out that was actually not a great documentary, but seeing the footage of paparazzi like shaking her car and really like stalking her and just you couldn't be any kind of normal. Obviously, huge, huge celebrities aren't going to be any kind of normal, but it was scary. It was super scary. Paparazzi is different now because of the internet (laughs) and because of cell phones, you know, camera phones, smartphones. So it's a little bit different, but in that world, I remember just feeling really sorry for her and feeling like as things progressed in, you know, what we were seeing her melt down, like it felt like to me, of course, of course, she's having a nervous breakdown in this kind of life. And again, that was before I knew any of the stuff about her dad, her parents, her little sister any of that. I have watched a little bit in the last couple of years, and I'm not like super educated on this. So this whole conversation is me spitballing. I haven't like done a deep dive on, I know there's multiple documentaries. I know that you can go listen to the full audio for talking to the judge in the last couple of years. Like I know there's a lot of other pieces to this that you could really like really get into this if you wanted to. I haven't done that beyond like the general headlines, but it is a little bit like, there's a lot of factors here it seems like there's a lot of things to balance here of like she did seem to not be totally in control at some points but but the point that she makes on and on throughout the book is that but she was in control enough to be keeping everyone else afloat and making enough money and working that's a well-landed point throughout the book I feel like you know that she was obviously controlled to an nth degree. Conservatorship does not need to be the level of control that was exerted on her in terms of what she ate and all, you know, all these kind of things. That's abuse. I mean, that feels like abuse to me, plain and simple. Her dad seems like not, not a great human at all. Like I buy all of that full, you know, fully. And also In this story, there felt like there were enormous (laughs) chunks that we were missing of information. And that also felt like she probably did need some extra support, more than your average bear. It felt very clear to me that you can't fully take every word as gospel of her Point of view around it. There were also to me some inconsistencies around, well, I mean, this might be better for later in the conversation, but I'll throw it out here now in any of y'all want to respond to this piece. But like there seemed to be like, how did she not know that one of her boyfriends was married? How did she not know that Kay Fed had children already? Like, I know that she was off and on getting her phone taken away. So she might not have had access to Google and things like that. But there also seemed to be some things where you're like, it feels like, where you, you you really, and she talks about how she regrets, she regrets almost to being like a child being becoming childlike that just felt like there were some missing pieces either to her mental health journey that, you know, I don't expect her to like give every, every diagnosis or every piece of that. But it is hard for me to to fully grasp her side of the story that there was no one in her life, no one. And I'm talking backup dancers, friends, hair and makeup people that no one had given her certain information or helped her out in any way. It it was just hard to hold all of that information for me. Okay, so, and, and believe all of it hooked line and sinker completely it just felt like there was some obvious pieces of this puzzle we might have been missing and, and to me you can hold all of these things to be true her dad could have been completely abusive and taking advantage of her and stealing her money and all that I, I can hold that to be true and also hold to be true that she had some very deep and serious issues that seem inconsistent with a healthy mind With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get five dollars off a Lumi starter pack with code U at LumiDeodorant.com. That equates to forty percent off your starter pack when you visit Lumi L-U-M-E Deodorant D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T and use code U, -U. Y-O-U. Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across two dots, and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax, but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. So that's my broad view take I would love to hear from anyone else
1: oh good hands are already up tracy has got her hand up i have some thoughts
2: on this whole conversation too tracy i i I just thought this is a terrible book (laughs) i was i was not a huge fan i don't know i wasn't really into that kind of music but of course you know she's in the zeitgeist you know who she is all that kind of thing and i've read a fair number of memoirs and i just felt I don't know. This this felt like agony for me to listen. I don't know if it was the narration or the subject matter. I like you said Laura, I just I didn't feel like we were getting all the information. I mean, of course I feel like there was definitely things that shouldn't have happened to her and yet I struggled to find too much compassion. So I don't know, I kind of felt like a terrible person.
0: Did you not find compassion because she's like rich and famous or? No, I think like you said, it felt like she, like, how
2: can you not know your boyfriend has children? How can you not know some of these things? I don't know. I just felt for as much as she was trying, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I felt like she wasn't, maybe, maybe I didn't believe it
0: all. I don't know.
2: It was it was interesting, but it's not the rich and famous piece of it for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, she does talk about, and I felt in the narration, even though it was read by Michelle Williams and not her, but I felt in the words that she was infantilized. Not the word. I can infantilized, the yeah. Infantilized. I can see it on the page. I'm not sure how to say it, That she was like really treated like an actual child, not even like a 12-year-old child, like a five-year-old child in some ways. But then in other ways, I could not tell if there was some piece of her that was letting that dynamic happen. And I'm this is not me victim blaming at all, because I do fully believe when she's explaining like she was just trying to be good to see her kids, yeah. thought if she was good enough for a certain amount of time that that this would be over, you know, on its own or that she would get the the pieces that she wanted. So I don't I really want to be like aware of, you know, not shaming her for what was clearly awful. It just felt like in some ways that that and I don't know if this is the mental health piece or not of like that. There was some very obvious things that just were not functioning. Adulthood. And of course, she also became famous when she was
3: a preteen.
0: And what they say about, about anybody in the limelight, that they almost like the development stops there in some ways. like They don't develop beyond when they first became very, very famous. And so in that case, if you look at it that way, well, then, yeah, she wasn't actually a functioning adult. She was sort of stuck at age 12 or whatever age it was, but very young. I think a lot of it was the
2: substance like I read Minka Kelly's and Jeanette what's her name I wish I was glad my mom died or whatever like McCurdy yeah there was just more depth in the the story I guess and I just I felt like a huge amount of depth was lacking in this
0: one do we think that she's capable of the depth Or like maybe even if she maybe not famous, maybe that is maybe she was at max capacity.
1: Hannah are. patron saint of the topic.
0: (laughs) Hannah, hold up. I'm sorry. I didn't call on you first because you are the reason we are discussing this. You called this like months ago. You were like Britney Spears (laughs) memoirs coming out. We must discuss this has been on the calendar because of you. And I'm glad I'm glad I love that kind of suggestion. (laughs) So tell us why you wanted to talk about it and then tell us what you wanted to say.
4: So, the idea came from the book. The book is what gave me the idea, but I was like, I think that our book clubs were also planned out. And it, but it wasn't just the book, it's also like the whole princess of pop, like influence on society and like how she basically represents so many people, as well as the Free Britney thing. And I think it's crazy because if she was, Like, as crazy as people say she is, I think that she could definitely create, like, an army or a cult so easily. Because I think that, like, any millennial woman would be, like, there. As you can see, I changed my background to the iconic Bimbo Summit headline. And I think that it's interesting because when I think about what you were saying, Laura, like, I think this headline was soon after she, like, first got her kids taken away. And well, and she describes
0: that. I don't know if it's this exact night, but she does describe Hannah's background right now, her Zoom background. She changed to be that famous (laughs) picture in the car of Paris Hilton, Brittany, and Lindsay Lohan going out. And I don't know if she describes that exact night, but she kind of describes the Paris Hilton days like similar. Mm.
4: And like now, Paris has a
0: memoir, and as we know, like Lindsay is also
4: making her comeback, so I think it's really awesome. And they were all obviously famous since at least they were teenagers. But yeah, I I guess I'm glad that I didn't read the book all the way because I don't want it to be, I, I agree, like I don't want it to be pressure. It's just symposium, but I'm like an hour into the book and I do love it so far. And being the baby of secret stuff, I was only a few years old. So I have been listening to Brittany since literally my earliest memories.
0: Yeah. So I wonder if you feel maybe a different, level of not attachment to her but because you are younger than most of us in the group that you maybe I don't know how to say this nicely but like you might have felt a different type of compassion for her from an age point of view than like those of us okay just me who's just like okay but also like figure it out (laughs) you know yeah maybe because like
4: I feel like she was the model you know, for like everything that you're supposed to be from that time forward for like a long time. And I just think that like, I'm just so happy for her. And I just think it's like so powerful that she can just say all the things she wants to say. And also being that I come from like a psychology perspective, I think that it also gives me more empathy for like her unique situation. Yeah. And what kind of mental state she was in. Oh, and also another thing I wanted to say is that I think Amanda Bynes is still under a conservatorship, which is obviously another child star of like the era. So yeah.
0: Well, with some similarities, I mean, Amanda Bynes never even approached the same planet of fame that Britney Spears is on, but also had similar... She didn't shave her head in public, and I can't exactly remember Amanda Bynes's public antics, but like had a caught by paparazzi sort of public meltdown that made everyone feel like, Oh, she's, mm-hmm. she's not doing great. So there it, was, are... it
4: was like all of her Twitter. Like she was tweeting her breakdown basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was rough. So yeah, that's that's mostly sums it up.
1: All right. Corey, you knew you'd have something good to say.
3: Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's good to say first of all, I, but I want to just say up front, Hannah, I love you. But maybe I just agree. Like, I definitely left the book thinking, "Oh, she's sicker than I thought she was." <laughs> like, I don't know if is it is it IQ. <laughs> like, is did that is that a problem, or or what? I mean, she definitely got shit on by basically everyone in her life. Like, I do not deny that for a hot second. I definitely take her point about. You know, I'm probably a dude would have never been put in this conservatorship, right? Because they can act like raging lunatics and nobody does diddly squat, you know, with their money and what have you and their kids. So I don't think the conservatorship was probably the right answer. But boy, infantilized. I thought that word the whole time. She seemed so stuck, felt a little bit like I was, you know, reading her. 12 year old journal or something you know like I mean there was there would have been zero chance that I could have gotten through it if she had read it like oh my god you know I mean and I do feel compassion it's not that I don't feel compassion I totally do like I think she was abused six ways from Sunday you know but it did leave me thinking oh yeah there was I'm it probably started for some reason or another that had some truth and substance in it and then you know, it was just the wrong answer, right? Like, I don't know why, why did nobody help her in an appropriate way? Uh, It looks to me like nobody did. But like, I do, you know, I have known a few people that were kind of clueless. Like y'all brought up those questions. Like, how did she not know he was married? How did she not? I have known a couple of people that seemed, you know, in my own life, you think I do not know, but I really think they didn't know you know, whatever it was. So it's possible for me to go down that thread and think, good Lord, maybe she didn't know. Like, I don't know. Well, people are
0: saying that in the chat also, that, you know, people with really strong religious upbringings or, you know, the internet was different in the early 2000s. Now Google did exist. I remember, ask me how I know, (laughs) but Google definitely existed or search engines existed in the early 2000s. I might've, I might've looked up, people back in the day uh-huh. so uh, i i agree i may be, like changing my mind on there meant on believing how much she possibly didn't know especially you know in, in that
3: time frame uh, it just, and too, like it really stuck out to me like i mean i'm from memphis the so tennessee it's southern it's primarily you know christian boy just how southern she was like, you know, like I'm familiar with that, but there was a lot of things that she said about that niceness culture. Boy, that seemed really deep in her. Like, to me, it seemed genuine, like that she believed it, that it wasn't just an act. She thought if she was good enough, if she was, you know, whatever, that they would eventually do the right thing. Somebody, it would all work out. And I do think some of that is, you know, immaturity or whatever, and kind of being frozen in time, but there's a lot of Southern woman Christian culture in that too you know and then the other thing I was gonna say was just that being from Memphis and that Justin Timberlake and his folks that from around these parts we have some mutual friends and such even people like that changed his diapers so very close to his family and the response I usually get is well we love him but he's a dick so Mm -hmm. he probably did treat her like you know, absolute garbage based on what I know about him from people that I know. So that part surprised me zero. And it did seem like that really did a number on her at that age, you know, like, ooh, like it still felt tender to me, you know, and that's tough. I'm not tender about the boy I dated in high school, you know. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I
0: loved the first part of the book. I don't, you know, the first couple of hours, whatever, until we got to the Justin Timberlake breakup and everything that led up to that. I was really fascinated by this book. I thought she had good or, or her perspective in, in those years. I thought she had solid perspective on the kind of push pull she was feeling between wanting to be famous, being on the Mickey Mouse Club, wanting to go to New York you know, sort of do this TRL live kind of thing. And also she sort of wanted to be a normal girl back in Louisiana. I like really liked all that. I really liked when she wrote about how she was performing in a skimpy bikini, but nobody was calling out the boys about that. I, you know- Someone saying in the chat, like if we could discuss the way that early 2000s treated women, I, that felt really strong to me yeah. from her perspective, when she's talking about her choices to, she knew that she was being sort of slut shamed at that time. And she kept doing it anyway, like as a choice, I really liked that. I really liked her sort of giving the insider industry of some of the boys from the Mickey mouse club and things. Obviously they went on to be in boy bands, including Timberlake himself, but you know, like, they did sort of the boy band thing. They pitched her to do, you know, also a collaboration and she wanted to be a solo artist. Like that whole first couple of hours, the beginning of her life and, and stardom, I was like really digging the book, like super into it. Thought it was a great story. I don't know if there's pieces that we don't know, or if this just happens to everyone, or if it, it combines with all these other events that we're mentioning in terms of like, fame and mental health and whatever, but the breakup from Justin Timberlake, like from that point in the book, from that point in her life story, it, it like completely changed the whole tenor of the whole thing changed. Like it went from like this strong child star who was figuring it out. who was like being a trailblazer in so many ways, then just completely spiraled to a point where I didn't believe as much, not that I didn't believe it, but like, I was like, oh no, now we're on a, I'm in the spiral with you. (laughs) Like you are not, this is a disaster, which I think is maybe what happened in her real life too. It just felt like a total disaster post that breakup. And she was still so young when that happened, but it felt like she made bad decisions. This is when people started really protecting her. And also something that I want to say that is a little bit sensitive, but it ma- it really matters to me in my perspective of the book. And Jeff and I discussed this as we were like sort of listening to it together is that we have known very mentally ill people. Continue to know very mentally ill people. And they can be incredibly lucid in one minute and have like a really strong perspective or make a really good point. And then they can also share something that they think that is absolutely not the truth. Now it's the way that they see it. And I don't mean like they're talking about aliens or something. I mean like they think that, you know, there's like maybe a paranoia element or they think something is happening to them that is not that is sort of objectively not happening to them. And I definitely thought that as I was listening to the post Justin Timberlake part of this story, it's not that she, I do believe she was being abused. I, I believed a lot of that for sure, but th- there was part of that spiral that I felt like this just feels like, this just feels like incredibly like, a mental health part that isn't healthy again, like I'm saying. So yeah. I'm glad you brought up that, the Justin Timberlake was like a marker of, oh no, and then everything changed. Yeah. yeah. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today. And that is Born Shoes. com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping. Available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time.
5: Claire. Hello. Thank you. Long-time listener. First time zoomer. So I feel like this book could be Britney Spears' unreliable narrator because I love her. I'm so teen Brit, mid-stage Sagittarian. I'm one year older than her. Grew up utterly in her track to being... And I just think, obviously, this is her side. I don't think Justin is the villain. I think Justin, the impact and the intent is not what it is. Justin Timberlake's a dick. We know that. Have you seen an interview with him? The braggadocio, (laughs) the overestimation of his talents. Like, the hair. Anyone who has that hair for most of the 90s and early noughties is a confident man. But I don't think Britney got that. I think Britney thought he was the one. So when they broke up, he was like, next. And she was like, duh. Then that spiral, the villains of this story are her parents. The abuse this poor woman has endured while being responsible for the financial upholding of so many hangers on. I wanted to hug her, get her a decent financial and legal team. And frankly, I'm a hippie dicky primary school teacher. I wanted to slap both of her parents into next week. It's so categorically abusive. And the fact that she didn't know these things, there's a part in the book, a hairdresser tells us something, and then they're gone. She couldn't get information. From where? From who? They controlled everything. You have no phone, no internet, no friends that aren't controlled or on the payroll. Who's going to tell you? Who? She didn't have any of that. Not for a day, not for a week, for years, on years, on years. And then they took her kids away. I mean, that's the most brutal bargaining chip of all. Like, <laughs> Yes, the book is not gonna win any literary awards, but I'm so glad she's got to write it. I sincerely hope she uses the proceeds to go and take some very, very deep therapy and then come back with an album that's gonna just enrich us all on a whole new level. She clearly needs help, but I'm so glad she got to tell this story on her terms. And yeah. 3.5. That's why it's a 3.5. Literary wise, it's a two at best. <laughs> but 3.5 because that's my girl and I'm cheering her on every way. When I read about some of the things they did to her, like I can't imagine headlining Vegas and taking your dancers to dinner and you can't pay the bill. Yeah. Just the levels of shame and self-doubt that would bring on a person for that to be your constant. And that's Speaking of someone who doesn't have the mental health struggles that Britain does and who hasn't lived under that microscope, I have nothing but respect for her. I'm so glad she got to write this book. And Michelle Williams' impression of people as she goes through the book, her Mariah Carey is everything I needed in law. That's very good. And also very pleased that my Queen Mariah came over so well in this book. It's like icons only. Also, if you're looking for another memoir, hers is phenomenal and actually incredibly well-written ghostwritten but beautifully so
0: Claire I'm glad you're here tonight also I feel like you should be leading the conversation (laughs) sorry I have opinions my apologies no No, the
1: chat was with you they were snapping along with you
0: everything you said (laughs) Everything you said, yes. I, I I remain a little bit skeptical that there wasn't more people like that hairdresser that gave her a few heads up. I remain skeptical that there wasn't maybe some other things available to her that maybe she didn't know to take advantage of. Some of the things that were available to her, like the fact that she didn't know that she could change lawyers all that time. And it would have had to have been such a vast, vast conspiracy that nobody said anything to her like that hairdresser who, by the way, what that hairdresser said was sort of innocuous. It's not like that hairdresser was like, Hey, listen, help free Brittany. You know, like it, the hairdresser was sort of just like, you need to have some time to rest girl. That's all she said. And then she got the boot. It's just, it's, I, I remain a little tiny bit skeptical that there wasn't some other outlets, but I highly agree with you that I don't actually think Justin Timberlake is the villain here either I'm not just a Timberlake fan I agree with you he seems like not great but also like what what boy band my friend, guy in his... he's an f-boy he's yeah. an f-boy What we're all gonna well, meet them we're all gonna date them they have it's him it's a it's a personality type like you know what I mean they're they are not responsible for so many of the things that came after there. I I think in her story that is a a marker of when it all changed. But, you know, bad breakups, even even devastating breakups like a lot of us go through them famous or not. And and so I especially agree with that point. Yeah, everything said, well said. So good. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah yeah, this is a multi-layered conversation. Like I'm reading the chat, I'm hearing y'all's perspective. There's like a lot of pieces to this that, you know, it's hard to talk about. Like I can feel us all trying to like say things carefully because it's really hard to talk about and examine someone else's very clear mental health struggle. Like it's hard to talk about that. You know, we want to have compassion. We want to have thoughtfulness around that she's a really public figure who's you know now put out her side of the story and is a, you know worthy of this conversation of course but it's hard like we can we can feel all these things at once is what i'm saying like i feel like the the piece of her losing her children is just devastating and that alone besides all these other things can send you into a spiral and can affect the way that you're acting and can change the way that you're viewing The people around you, if you do feel like everyone is conspiring to harm you or, you know, keep you from any kind of freedom, which I love that she talked about sort of at the end, the freedom piece, the, you know, how she's had to go away to, you know, she alternately sort of, I guess she mostly called it rehab, but also seems like maybe a mental health facility that there were people around that it was a nurse at one of these mental health facilities who showed her the free Britney movement. And someone in the comments mentioned, and I don't know about this, so if, if you want to raise your hand and say more about this, that the Free Britney movement kind of started from fans believing that she was sending uh, secret codes in her emojis. She doesn't say it to that level of specificity, but she does say when she gets to that part of it, she says that even though she would, she would periodically go off social media for like months and months and months at a time, that something about her fans really knew that something was really wrong. Like that they, she felt a connection with them sort of intuitively or, you know, they had, had been watching her, you know, for so long that they knew that this was different this time or, you know, whatever. That piece is fascinating to me from a celebrity culture, like big picture way. So, You know, Britney aside or or mental health aside or whatever, just the relationship that celebrities can now have directly with their fans, which this is obviously a new phenomenon in the last decade that you could really or maybe maybe more than a decade. But since social media was around or or even maybe blogs, when you could communicate directly with the fans without paparazzi, without a publicist, um, without an interview, and that has definitely changed the way that celebrities exist publicly. I mean, I've I've watched it and I know it like intimately that it has changed when there is not a gatekeeper, when they can control their images or they can control their actual literal words. It has definitely changed the relationship of celebrity to fan. Now, that's not all completely like rainbows and whatever, because we can all point to different celebrities who like, maybe we didn't maybe it was better when their publicist (laughs) controlled their image versus what they are sort of putting out there themselves they misstep they're maybe sometimes not in complete right mind of what you know what what they're putting out there like how that's going to be received or whatever so that's that's a different conversation but part of this conversation is that she started posting things that first of all were concerning
1: And she is K. I mean, she's chaos on Instagram. We like in the chat right now, we were talking like just this week, she posted a picture of her and Taylor's two pictures of her and Taylor Swift. And she like does this whole beautiful tribute to Taylor Swift. And then she just goes, P.S. Mom, I love you so much. But there were three dolls in the cabinets when I went home two years ago. Kind of really weird that you took them out and then put them back in. So messed up. No, I don't want them. Keep it all. I don't care. Honestly, though. Like, it's like, it's like if your weird aunt has Instagram and is just like, she's so chaotic on Instagram in a way that like, again, I think speaks a little bit to the like mental health of it all that I, I don't know. It was hard to know how much you could read into the messages when her Instagram is as chaotic as it is.
0: No, I mean, yeah, we can see for ourselves, we can make our own judgment that, She sometimes does not seem to be completely right. You know, I mean, like we can, we can say that we can see that. And is that good or, you know, then they're like, is it good or bad for her to have not the freedom? We all want to have freedom, but like, you know, for her to be able to communicate in this way where it just really like is complicated of God, this person has a lot of issues. Like we want them to have help or we want them to be better or whatever, but like we also want them to. Be able to communicate. It's it's a mixed bag of like what's best for them is really landing on what's best for them. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not it's not a clear answer. Yeah, Jenny. Hey, so I was a teenager in the eighties,
2: and so I had all my little babies around around two thousand, and so I totally missed the Britney thing. Like <laughs> it was like oh yeah, somebody she shaved her head or whatever. So this was totally brand new for me. I had to admit to you guys that I looked up her astrology chart. Like I was so just like, what the F is happening to this poor woman? Because it was just thing after thing after thing. And I thought, where's the, I don't know, the silver lining or the bright light or the, like, I, I felt like the redemption thread was a little week I mean I just was kind of waiting for something good to happen to her so yeah she has a lot of Scorpio in her chart you know, well so I, I thought I'd admit to you that I did that
0: <laughs> I don't know what that means that she has a lot of Scorpio but I like that you did that and then admitted it to us I really love that true
6: hi so I am just loving the perspective from all the ladies so I'm six years younger than Britney and I feel like that's an age where when they're growing up in the limelight you think you're the same age even though you know she's a little bit older than me and in a slightly different place and so like she was she she was just my celebrity she was one of my celebrities not someone that I was so obsessed with like you know I was an insane girl over backstreet Brittany. I liked but I was more Christina Aguilar but like that was the time where you picked between these big people that were the, that were part of the zeitgeist. But I've always loved Brittany and like listening to her book, it was like, wow, this is just a a walk down memory lane. So I really came at it from from that lens of kind of living through it. And Laura, what you said about, you know, when she, she talked about the breakup, it was like, yeah, that's where it kind of lost me. But I think that's also where she lost herself. And just all of this mental health stuff. I mean, but they're, and going back to, you know, what some people are saying and the reactions are like, we don't care. Not that we don't care. You guys aren't saying that, but that just like, why this book? But my age group and especially in LA, <laughs> the gays of LA, they love Brittany. Like my Instagram feed when this came out was screenshots of the book and highlighted parts of the book going oh my god like how could justin do that i mean it was crazy and free britney here was crazy and i talked to my gay best friend and i'm kind of like am i a horrible person for not really caring as much as all the other people in la and he's like no like like what you said there has to have been a reason that maybe the conservatorship started like i agree everything has already been said about we're not victim blaming, blaming, she was abused, all of that stuff I agree with, but there is something of like, she has stunted growth or, or something along those lines. I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but there is something there of, you can tell that she's off. You can tell that there that she does need that help, like Claire was saying. So, I mean, she's fascinating. She's, she's, fa- she's we, we don't have royalty here. She's our royalty. You know, now it's Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. It's like, this is what we feed into and look up to. And it unfortunately can ruin people's lives in her case. I mean, imagine, I think about that when I go to the grocery store in Burbank, which is a, you know, small, big town where sometimes I go to the grocery store and I look horrible and I don't want to talk to someone and I run into a childhood friend and that's annoying. Let alone if you go to the grocery store, you can't even like go anywhere without paparazzi following you. I mean, it's just got to affect you, so... She's fascinating. The book, like Claire said, was not greatly written, but that's not why we read it, right? Like, we didn't read it for that. We read it to hear the tea, and we got the tea.
0: The other thing I wanted to say about, I remember what I was going to say a minute ago when Jenny was speaking, is that compared to some other celebrity memoirs that I've read, and I love, I love, you know, some of them that I've read in the last few years Mariah Carey, which is already mentioned, Jessica Simpson's, Jeanette McCurdy's, whatever. It felt like in some other celebrity memoirs I've read that they had a better grasp on on their celebrity of like, this was a big deal, or this wasn't, or this was a downfall, or this was a a high, high, this was a high moment of my life. Brittany would like breeze through these sentences that were like, I was the most famous person in the world. I broke every single record. And, And then the next sentence, like, I just was like, hold up. I know this is a celebrity memoir, so it's not like a biography where it's really trying to convince you how famous a person was, like you're getting her actual perspective. But it felt like she didn't seem to be conveying some of the gravity, some of the weight, some of the enormousness of how famous she was. It's like she knew it. She would sort of say it factually, but we weren't really getting the awe of it. I don't know how to explain what I'm saying, but if you've read other celebrity memoirs, you know, like people are like, it was a huge moment for me at the Grammys when whatever, like you feel the either excitement or like the, the momentousness, is that a word of the, whatever's being described from this fame point of view. I felt like those pieces of the Britney book were like my, and then my neighbor got a new garage. Like I, I was just like, <laughs> what's happening? What you were saying is like the biggest thing that has ever happened to anyone ever. And you're like, but you guys, like, you know, it just didn't seem important to her. Maybe it was not important to her because she chased it. But it it felt like such a muted reaction to who she was.
1: I don't know how. I don't know I that she ever wanted to be as famous as she was. Like, I, I she didn't have... Like when you read like Jessica Simpson's memoir, and she talks about the young being a young girl and how driven she was to sing and perform, and the sense I got from Brittany was that she was not necessarily the one driving it, and so I don't know. I think part of why she was sort of like even like matter of fact about all of it was because I don't actually know if that's what mattered most to her. Like in the book, it what seemed to matter most, what she talked the most about was her relationship with her parents her, her relationships. Like I, I, I think she was not somebody who was looking to find fame to fill that hole. She was looking for love to fill that hole. And she just happened to also be very famous. Well, I don't know, maybe I'm off, but
0: I disagree that she didn't want it. I think she absolutely wanted it. I think she absolutely pursued it. I don't think you get to her level just because Mm -hmm. your mom wants it. There's a lot of momagers out there that push this and it just doesn't translate after a certain point maybe when you're a little kid and you're just like whatever but like it does not translate after a certain point you don't you do not get to the level that she got if she did not want it like I just I feel that very passionately I think she did want it but I think maybe that's even the piece I'm saying is like weird is that you don't hear that it is interesting to hear that she was having a push-pull of like wanting to be a normal kid in Louisiana and also wanting to be a Mouseketeer or whatever and it is interesting in contrast to a memoir like Jessica Simpson, who wanted it so badly and wasn't able to attain at the time, wasn't able to sort of attain the level of fame that she was after. And from the Britney memoir, she makes it look easy almost, or like, and I just, that's not how this works. It's just not, it's just not how it works. Like she absolutely had to want it and pursue it. And she is very special. I So what I'm about to say isn't to take away from her specialness because she's a like, you know, once in a generation performer. Like, I mean, she is iconic for a reason, but at the time when she was getting famous, when she was coming up alongside Christina Aguilera and, and whatever, and we get this even from Jessica Simpson's memoir, when she's describing the landscape of who was trying to be famous at that time. Carrie russell mandy moore like these these girls that were all sort of competing for it Brittany wins out and like blows everyone else out of the water but there was no lack of pretty girls who were good performers you know with a southern accent like there was no lack of that right. she had to have wanted this just wasn't an accident i guess what i'm saying yeah but she had to have wanted yeah. to get to that level or she would have dropped out of the running yeah. No, that's a good point. I just kept thinking of
1: Michael Jackson when I was reading this. It felt so like her she just made me think of Michael Jackson in that like there was so much abuse and there was so much brokenness that by the time she like everything fell apart, like I just I I don't know, I just I just kept thinking she was like this kind of broken shell of a of an actual person. I also think there was a lot more drug use than she was fessing up to that was the one thing that I really bothered me was that like, when she talked about that performance at, I don't know if it was the VMAs or whatever it was. And she made it seem like she was just a little bit tired. And I was like, Brittany, we saw that we, (laughs) that was not like exhaustion or whatever it was. Like, I, I just, there was a little, like, I just, she also sort of acts like somebody whose brain has been a little bit addled. From a lot of drug use. So that was the part I, that felt frustrating to me as I don't felt, I don't feel like she was being super honest about the drugs.
0: Like that whole thing about the energy supplements.
1: Yes. Yes. Listen,
0: Now again, now again, there could have been some abusing and, and too much control from her dad, but girlfriend, she was not only on energy supplements. Like, I just was like, I this is very hard to believe. We have seen it. There is video evidence we have all seen. We are not just taking your word for it. Like you said, there are performances that we have watched. And again, you would have had to go to a host of doctors or rehab facility employees that are not keeping you there if they think you were only on energy bars. I mean, I I just didn't believe that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was what bothered me the most.
0: Is the, I don't know if there I can't see because I'm have a different view right now, and also my dog is distracting me. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I don't know if there are any hands up, but y'all, I got to talk about Jamie Lynn. The oh
1: my gosh, yes,
0: her sister. I mean, I don't know if she wanted it to come across like this or not, but like, if there was a villain in this book, was it Jamie Lynn? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone else wants to say anything about Jamie Lynn, but I. Like, I didn't have time to go listen to Jamie Lynn's book. And also, I did not want to give her money because I was actually infuriated. I know that we're supposed to really think that the dad is so bad because he was the conservator and he was bad. He was bad. And her mom was way too passive. Also agree. But I was as mad at Jamie Lynn as anyone in this whole entire book. Like, it felt to me, and she makes little jabs throughout. Britney does, and I don't know if those jabs that she made about her sister throughout the book were reserved. All things considered, I mean, I don't, I don't know if her her book just slams Brittany completely. Then Brittany making a few, you know, well placed jabs throughout the book isn't that big a deal, right? But I was like, wow, on the sister element of this, it seemed like we. I could have done a whole. I could have done a whole book on maybe that sister relationship. I'll be honest. Also, I really want
1: to know who Britney, Spe- which co-star Britney Spears went and shoot out based on Jamie Lynn's accusations. I like was desperate she, to know who that was. She's
0: come forward. I saw it on oh, Twitter. Who was it? I didn't recognize her because I did not watch <sighs> that show. It was like a Nickelodeon show or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. I saw on Twitter. I'm still a Twitter devotee, you guys. Which X? A <laughs> I, well, I refuse to call it X. That actress who is now like in her 40s or whatever late 30s because probably late 30s because I guess she was probably Jamie Lynn's age she like came on Twitter and said listen I did not expect to show up in Britney Spears memoir and yet here I am (laughs) like and I mean she was just like I appreciate it and I don't hold a grudge or whatever I mean it was like a lovely I didn't recognize the name of that actress she's not a she's not a famous person in uh, in the way that Britney Spears is I don't I don't mean to demean her uh, abilities or anything but like she didn't have household name recognition that i recognized from twitter but she did come forward she knew exactly who she was good and good honor honestly good
1: honor is right that's amazing Kana.
4: oh my gosh i forgot the question that you guys said it's what we thought about we were talking
1: when... about jamie lynn
4: oh right, right right that went on like a tangent and then i forgot my thought <laughs> but i remember now this is just like a small detail, but I'm seeing a lot of Brittany content on Instagram and on my like for you page on Instagram. And there was a video of the dad in an interview saying like Jamie Lynn was bad. Like from the time she was a baby, she was like a horrible kid. Like she had terrible behavior. And I haven't, I, I haven't even finished the book yet. So like I'll see what she says about Jamie Lynn, but it's funny to look back Because obviously Jamie Lynn had her own headlines, but I think it's really interesting to look back at like, we don't think of the sister as playing a role in this. So now looking back, knowing about like on whatever, whatever, you know, about Jamie Lynn, it kind of takes on a new 10 of like, what was going on in the background, but Yeah, I just thought that video was hilarious because it sounds like she was just like a terribly behaved, like terrible twos type of kid. And then she turned out to be like super mean or something. But maybe she was like the golden child. If any of you guys are familiar with that idea of like toxic parents having like a golden child and a scapegoat. So, yeah, just a little tiny input.
0: Someone looked it up and in the chat, they said the name of that actress was Alexa Nicholas if you cared about sort of how that story rounded out the what I saw from her seemed like a very lovely sort of statement of like I don't know no hard feelings I'm it's all you know good
1: kind of a, it's maybe a dumb question but I was thinking it the whole time I was reading it I expected so much more news coverage about this book and was I just not seeing it Like, was there a lot of chatter about it or was I, and I just wasn't seeing it or was there just not that much chatter about it?
0: I don't feel like there's very many revelations in it. The biggest revelation, and this was big, this was huge. And a a major big deal was the, that she got pregnant with Justin Timberlake's baby. and, And I feel like the abortion was the biggest kind of headline around this. And then besides that, even there, though there were, of course, interesting anecdotes throughout, I just don't feel like that there were any other bombshells.
1: True. True. I just, yeah, I just kept expecting to see more like headlines about it. And I really wasn't seeing much. Carrie, maybe you have a thought about that or something else. No. No. Yeah. It's about that. Really the only thing that I saw, especially on social media was Michelle Williams, how she said, for sizzle, for sizzle. I can't even do it right. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that good. was everywhere, and that's really about it. So I mean it was I was excited when I got to that part of the audiobook, but you know, that's really all
0: I saw. I did really like Michelle Williams' performance of yes. it. Yes. I mean, I feel yes. like she did it some justice. I think someone said this in the chat and I agree. I do think that we will benefit, probably not for another 10 years or so. We will benefit from a Heavily researched and you know, more unbiased biography of Britney Spears. And I will Mm -hmm. look forward to that because I care about and not just all the tea, but I care about like her place in pop culture. I care about like having you know, hearing again, from maybe a journalistic point of view, what was happening in the music industry in her personal life, in the terrible family dynamics and all of those things that sort of come together for the greatest of biographies. I hope that that is written eventually. Like I will eat that up because I think that she is so important, but this was not it. Th- this was not the definitive work mm-hmm. or even close. Mm-hmm. I also can't believe that we have four minutes left and we did not talk about KFED enough. Oh my gosh. So that was a picture of what a typical symposium looks like over on Secret Stuff. You can listen to the whole unedited conversation by becoming a Secret Stuff member. We even offer a free seven-day trial so you can see what Secret Stuff is all about commitment-free. In addition to these monthly symposium meetings, we also have a monthly book club. You get personal episodes from me and reading roundups from me where I share a lot more candidly, a lot more unfiltered than I do in more public spaces. Plus, Secret Stuff members get ad-free episodes of 10 Things to Tell You, and they get occasionally extended cut episodes or just bonus material from the 10 Things to Tell You Episodes. There's so much good stuff happening over in Secret Stuff. I would love for you to check it out. Go to lauratremaine.com slash secret stuff to find out more and sign up today. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secretstuff. Thanks for listening.